0: 2525. 25. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk
1: Media Network. Wednesday night edition. Great to have you with us. Kind of back in the flow. You know, Monday was still kind of a holiday, Tuesday was kind of getting back into it. Today, you should be, you know, fully into the 2023 year, back into your job or whatever it is you're doing as we are here on sports talk sounds like the news on demar hamlin today continues to be in in uh, i just want to say positive you know sounds like uh, he's improving from some of the folks who have put out reports and his spokesman uh, who met with the couple of reporters today so that's very positive news and so um maybe everybody can you know breathe a little bit easier as he seems to be uh um, maybe turning a corner and and getting better. We'll find out more, I'm sure, as the week goes on. Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel here at the Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia. Chris Bergen has gone up to the mountains for basketball tomorrow night, Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State, but he joins us from Boone this evening for a little while. He's there while the Uh, declares, I guess, go through a practice, then head off for dinner, whatever it is they do when they go on these road trips. Good evening, Chris.
2: (laughs) Good evening, guys. And if Monday was actually a holiday, why did you and I and Pat have to work?
1: Because it's what we do on Sports Talk. (laughs) If there were games played the prior weekend or right there at it, we're going to be here to talk about it. We might have been the only ones, but we were here.
2: (laughs) I quite enjoyed both Friday's show and Monday's show, so that was a lot of fun. No, actually, the uh, team's already gone through their practice. We uh, practiced at 2 o'clock this afternoon as soon as we got up here to the, like they uh, say here in North Carolina, the high country. And so now there's just some free time for the guys before dinner at 7. So I'm down here in the lobby. Hanging out with the uh, wonderful staff at the uh, Hampton Inn in Boone. Where, Beautiful. by the way, interest interesting note here: the uh, director of operations here at the hotel, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade. No, oh. <laughs> really? Okay, <laughs> I, I'm I'm serious. Yeah, he yeah. he looks different since he retired from basketball. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the hotel business will do that to you. <laughs> well, tell him we all said hello, and LeBron I mean, I LeBron couldn't win a championship without him, and and vice versa. Well, I guess he mm-hmm. could. But anyway, I hope you've had a good time up there getting ready for the game. South Carolina last night uh, took uh, Vanderbilt into overtime. Gamecocks had to hit a basket with three-tenths of a second to go to reach overtime, and then they were uh, obviously outscored in overtime. Vanderbilt making hay from the free-throw line last night. Chris, I don't know, and I'm sure I've seen more at one time or another, but Vanderbilt had 64 points off their bench yeah. Last night. I mean, it's like the bench guys should be their starters. Well, I don't know what's going on with Jerry Stackhouse and how he's running his lineup and everything out there. But when I saw 64 points off the bench and then realized like their top three scores or so all came off the bench last night, that's just most unusual.
2: I don't understand after watching that game how Ezra Mignon, I believe is how he pronounces his last name, and Liam Robbins aren't starters for them. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure what Jerry Stackhouse sees at practice that he's not getting to translate out on the floor uh, because those two guys were phenomenal off the bench, and, and that may be a NCAA record, Phil. I don't know if they keep that kind of thing, but most points by bench scored in a ball game I, it, that's got to be up there, right? I mean, how many teams have 60-plus points coming off the bench? Not many.
1: Not many that I've ever seen. I, that's that just that's eye-popping, you know. And uh, yeah, it was a tough loss for the Gamecocks. Could have opened up SEC play with a W. Instead, they lose at Vanderbilt, and that's a team that they're kind of comparable to, so you would have liked right. to have gotten that W on the road with Tennessee coming to your place and Kentucky right around the corner. That would have been a nice win for South Carolina. Don't know how Lamont Paris feels about it because did you see any comments or quotes or anything from him? From following the not. game, printed anywhere, there was no, no post game that I've seen in the last uh, few hours this afternoon. They never uh, put up any kind of post game video with him. Um, yeah, I'm checking here again. I see Don Staley from this afternoon mm-hmm. and Don Staley from uh, their game, and then um, and then Don Staley from practice the other day. <laughs> I mean, it's Don Staley all the time. Sure, A little Shane Beamer, but no. I, and I got to tell you, I was thinking about this today. I mean, I don't know who makes the calls on this, but this is – we've had less access – I say we, the media – we've had less access to Lamont Paris to any basketball coach at South Carolina that I can ever remember. I mean, there's no weekly press conference, or has it been so far? There's been no weekly press conference, and there's not much put out when they go on the road. There is the post game when they are, they are at home. I mean, with Frank mm-hmm. Martin, Frank Martin had a press conference every Monday to kind of set the stage, um, which was a good idea, not a great idea. It was good. It would have been great considering you're playing two games in a week. Uh, So, you know, on Monday you talk about your first game, but then uh, especially if you go on the road, there's not much access to you to talk about the game coming up that weekend. And after the game in the midweek, you're not going to really be talking that much about the game coming up that next weekend. So, but at least he met with the media once a week and updated injuries and taught basketball and um, you know just just had a chance to to build a rapport with him that way. Now, Maybe it'll change with Lamont Paris at some point in time, but um, I've not you know, so far this season outside of his preseason press conference and meeting with him at SEC media days and what we get after a home ball game, it's been very limited.
2: And it's a shame if they're trying to shield him from the media, and I can't imagine that's the case. And I've got another thought about last night in just a second, but if you listen to Lamont Paris talk basketball, the guy is fascinating when he breaks down the way he sees basketball and the things he talks about from an X's and O's perspective, I listen to him and I learn so much mm-hmm. about the game. And it's just a shame he, he's not been made a, much more available to us to uh, chat with him. I'm curious, you know, Tuesday night game up in Nashville, Tennessee, and coming off a of bowl weekend, was there no local media? Maybe USC just figured there's no reason to bring him out there. And if that's the case, it's disappointing because had they won last night, Lamont Paris would have done something no South Carolina coach had ever done. Since they joined the league, and that was when his first road game. Had they been able to pull that one off last night, it would have been somewhat I'm mild, but somewhat historic last night. And it'd been a shame if that were the case. And nobody was—you know—we didn't get any audio from him to find out his thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, well, we didn't get any audio that I saw, and I haven't <laughs> right. seen any quotes from any of the websites or anything like that. Anybody had anything from him? So I mean, I can't explain it. I'm just telling you the way it is now. Clemson tonight. Trying to go to 4-0 and in the ACC. How about that if the Tigers were able to pull this off? Tough place to do it up at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's 11-3 and and 1-2. and This will be a 9 o'clock tip-off up in Blacksburg. And the Tigers 3-0 and in the ACC after beating NC State. They've won 7-8. It's their first 3-0 start since 2018. And the sixth time in program history, Hunter Tyson, has been on a tear, ACC uh, Co-Player of the Week, 31-15 and in the win over NC State. So he's been playing really good basketball. P.J. Hall has uh, given him a lot of good minutes as well. When those two are on and they get some combination of good floor play from Chase Hunter and some good outside shooting from, say, Alex Hemingway when he's healthy Mm -hmm. and able to play, or the uh, transfer guard – They've got a chance. They've got a chance in a lot of these games right now, and, and they're making hay. They've got to take advantage of it, and if they go get a win tonight up at Virginia Tech, then they go to Pitt, and Pitt got a win last night, and Pitt's really good. So at the very least, a split of these two games, and Brevin Galloway's the transfer guard I'm thinking about. They get a split of these next two games. That'll be setting them up nicely for a return home when they come home and they're going to play uh, Louisville, which is not very good this year. And then Duke at 5 o'clock a week from Saturday at Little John. um, Who knows? Take your chances with Duke.
2: Well, you talked about Louisville. This is a team that uh, the squad Coastal is going to face tomorrow night. Appalachian actually beat them in Louisville mm-hmm. uh, earlier this season. So, yeah, they're not a knock on Dustin Kearns' this team, but uh, they are really, really struggling. But Clemson just needs to go out and, and – this is going to sound weird – but beat Clemson because they lead the country, Phil, in three-point field goal percentage. They've been phenomenal uh, shooting the three – They're actually first in the ACC, I should say, in top 20 nationally. But they've been great from the three-point range, and part of the reason they've been able to win these ball games in the ACC. But you – you get the sense of all the games that are on the schedule for Virginia Tech. This is one Mike Young probably circles because this is basically a hometown matchup with him being the former coach at Wofford and a chance for him to get a, another crack at an ACC team and maybe take down Clemson. I think that he'd look at that as a, a big win for them.
1: No question about it. Yeah, Mike Young would no, like nothing more, of course, to win every game, but to beat a sure. uh, Clemson would carry some extra meaning. College of Charleston is already underway with their game at North Carolina A&T. The Cougars are up 63-40, to about five minutes into the second half there. Other games tonight, you got Miami at Georgia Tech. You've got Duke at NC State tonight. And uh, also in the SEC tonight, you've got uh, Georgia uh, playing Auburn. A good test to see what Georgia is really like. And, of course, Auburn uh, is Auburn. Always going to be tough. Auburn's 11-2, and and Georgia is 10-3. Also tonight, we've got uh, the Citadel uh, playing at Furman. Texas A&M will be at Florida. Upstate at Radford. Wofford at Mercer. Presbyterian will be at Winthrop tonight. Longwood at Charleston Southern. Missouri plays at Arkansas. Uh, Wake Forest is at North Carolina, and that'll do it for the schedule tonight, so a lot of good basketball to sink our teeth into while we wait for the NFL this weekend and, of course, the college football national championship game on Monday. Phone calls are rolling in. Our phone number,
3: 888 Pat, what you got? Just I got curious when you guys were talking about the production Vanderbilt had off their bench last night, so... Was curious, and those three players that were really successful off their bench—Liam uh, Robbins, Ezra Manjon, and Jordan Wright—all three of them have actually started more than half of the games this season. So I can't help but wonder if maybe it was some kind of disciplinary issue, or maybe he was trying to shake things up a little bit. But if you go into the team stats online, you can see that they've been productive players all season. Yep. And in each of their good wins that they had this year uh, for Vanderbilt, they actually started. Just. It is curious, not sure what happened. But, but I don't yeah. think, you go back and
1: look, because I went back and checked the same thing, at least back to the previous game. I don't think they started the previous game either. Go back and look at their lineup in the in the prior game, and I don't think those guys were in the lineup either. So, it just, when I was looking over the stats last night, and I saw 64 points off the bench, I'm like, that's, that's just crazy. You know, have not seen anything like that. Too often to see that many points coming off the bench, and the Gamecocks got um, some balanced scoring. Twenty-four from Chico Carter Jr. Uh, that's uh, one of the best games of his career. He hit four threes. He was nine of fourteen from the floor. Michi Johnson had a good game. Seven of fifteen. He had five rebounds, uh, eighteen points for him. Gigi Jackson had thirteen points, and he had um, he had five rebounds. And Hayden Brown, who hit the basket at the buzzer to send it to overtime, had a dozen points four rebounds as well but the Gamecocks they were uh, outscored badly from the foul line they were 10 of 15 and Vandy was 23 of 35 and the um, overtime session was basically a trek to the foul line one after another for Vanderbilt and that's kind of where they put it away in overtime after uh, you know taking the lead, um, South Carolina had a, had a lead in this game but about 10 minutes to go. They were up. Bandy came back and tied it. It was a very close game all the way through. I mean, I don't think the lead ever got into double digits on either no. side throughout the game. It was that tight all the way through. So um, one that the Gamecocks will look back on and say, yep, that was one they could have had, but they didn't get it. So the Gamecocks fall to 7-7 seven and seven and oh and one. All right, phone callers are waiting. Uh, tonight's an SC Wild night, so we'll have Major Billy Downer with us at 7.30 tonight. Looking forward to visiting with him for the first time in 2023. Hear what's on his mind about the great outdoors. I'm sure he'll have some great things to talk about then. Between now and then, we'll take your phone calls, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. And since 2002, more than $4.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund scholarships and grants for South Carolina students. Learn more about the South Carolina Education Lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. So go ahead and grab the phone lines. In fact, I think we got a full deck. So when one drops off, somebody else can jump on board. We'll take your phone calls all the way through to SC Wild tonight with the exception Of some interesting recruiting, especially from a Gamecock standpoint tonight. Got some news on a couple of dudes who are really strong on the Gamecocks at this point. We'll fill you in on that if you don't already know. We'll fill you in on that coming up in a little bit. In the meantime, break is upcoming and then your phone calls.
5: Hey, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR, and coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network.
4: Thank you. Thank you for world traveling rocket scientists, for tires bigger than your grandma's house, for 3D printing research, for artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery, for funding scholarships, for funding grants, for funding innovation in this state. Thank you, the South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win
1: all right welcome back everybody sports talk sports talk media network dave and buster studio here in Downtown Columbia, eat, drink, play, and catch the big games all season long, Dave and Busters, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. Read a story last night that the other there were two original owners or creators of Dave and Busters, Dave and Buster. That that was their names, Dave and Buster. And I think Dave was the one who passed away just the other night. So and Buster had passed away a few years ago, but in, in reading about this it gave you the history these two guys one owned an arcade the other owned a restaurant near each other within walking distance in little rock arkansas and they noticed that the same people were going to their establishments they'd go eat dinner and then they go to the arcade or they go to the arcade and they go eat dinner <laughs> and they got together and came up with the idea of combining a restaurant with a, an arcade wow. uh, and they flipped a coin to determine whose name would go first. (laughs) I thought that's, to me, you know, I love reading these stories about entrepreneurs and, well, at that point, it was a small business. Now they've got, um, gosh, they've got 150, 200-something locations all across the country. Started in Dallas. And um, so, yeah, great story about that and, and how it was created and how they came up with the name and so thought that was kind of
2: interesting. Wait no, no. You said that the uh, two owners, originally their their individual projects were in Little Rock? Correct. you said? Correct. But they opened the Dave & Buster's in Dallas? In Dallas. I, I get going to Dallas, but if you're a Little Rock, you've got to think, well, we could have started the David Buster's here. We'd love to have been the uh, flagship of your restaurant. Yeah. And it'd yeah. be a little disappointing for them. Yeah, I
1: imagine. They probably figured just major market, oh, metro sure. area yeah. like Dallas, greater chance
3: of surviving. Well, hey, guys. Clemson could say the same thing about Hooters. Hooters founder being a, being a Clemson grad, the Brooks family. Part of the reason why the Brooks Center at Clemson has those bright orange bricks. But, hey, why isn't the original one in Clemson instead of, uh, what, Daytona Beach, Florida, or wherever? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. Hey, listen, because when it comes to business, it's where you're going to create the most dollars, not where you're going to have the most feelings, you know? they it's put like real the, estate. Yeah, they, they put their bank account ahead of their hearts, I guess. Okay. It's like real estate, guys. Location,
2: location, location. True. That's
1: true right. that. All right, 888 898 2525. We go to uh, Keith in Camden. First call tonight here on Sports Talk. We'll roll with calls all the way to SC Wild and we'll continue then if you want to talk to the major. Keith, welcome into Sports Talk.
6: Good evening, gentlemen. How y'all doing?
1: Terrific. Good to have you with us.
6: Yeah, great, great love. Listen every night. Just a comment leading up to a comment I want you to respond on if y'all would. Um, I think, you know, I've been, I don't want to say a critic of Tanner, but you know, I guess you could say that, (laughs) but I think the early results results on Beamer is positive. I mean, anybody with any sense would agree with that, but I think really until we get to the fifth, sixth year, then we got a real good feel for where we're at. Um, but flip that to the basketball. You know, I'm not sitting around the table. I don't know what goes into Ray's mind and the people around him as they make the decision. Uh, Just have to respect it. But I look at Parrish, and I think, I mean, this is almost as close as you can get to a university not having a basketball program and deciding they're going to start one (laughs) with what he inherited. And uh, the world we live in today, I mean, he's got a big hill to climb. I just – I wish him the best, but, man, the path to success just seems, uh, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, but I love basketball, and, you know, I mean, we were 500 for years in the SEC, and I think the next three or four years are going to be tough sledding. So, But I –
1: Well, part of the problem – Maybe I'm wrong.
6: I hope. I hope.
1: (laughs) Well, part of the problem you face if you're a South Carolina – is that other programs in the SEC all of a sudden have jacked it up. It's not just Kentucky. You know Now you've got Alabama, which is for real. Auburn, of course, which is for real. Tennessee, of course, which is for real. LSU, which was for real. They've gone through a coaching change, but they look good. And Georgia's off to a good start with their new coach. Not saying they're for real yet. Remains to be seen. I think the other programs I mentioned are for real. Arkansas is for real. Um, Ole Miss been a little up and down um, but I think um, Mississippi State's been kind of the same um, I mentioned Kentucky and, uh, and so there's in other words that the SEC all of a sudden is deep 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 and um, yeah. it, it, here you go again having to climb that ladder that slippery ladder where you've got all this great competition already ahead of you and yeah South Carolina you'd have to say right now today at this very moment It's probably the uh, last team in the SEC, one of the worst teams in the SEC until they prove otherwise.
6: Yeah, well, Phil, I'll make this comment and hang up and listen. I mean, I wasn't one of those, even though at times it got annoying. But I wasn't one of those. Get rid of Martin. I looked at you know the kid he had coming in from Maryland and Gigi. More than likely, uh, I felt like you know this was going to be a good basketball team. But I understand why they made the decision but man i just thought we may bring in something someone that could uh maybe flash people to come in here but we'll see i don't want to judge the man i hate to say it uh, i hate to say it
1: keith but there's nothing in basketball right now at south carolina i think to flash absolutely 100 top 100 recruits uh, unless you grew up here they got a chance at cam scott they got gg um a, you know a guy who's a an outlier in terms of where he lives but he's a top recruit and he's looking at South Carolina's but he's got he, but he's got other he's got a lot of top 25 programs beckoning for him what yeah. can south carolina sell him basketball wise right now nice building uh, you know nice facilities not great fan support um not a history of a big time winning so what can you sell him what can you sell him on
6: Oh, I understand. You know? Look, uh, I'll hang up where some other people can get through, but okay. enjoy the show. Y'all Thank
1: have you. a great evening. Thank you. NIL money, and that's and not filter. going to basketball except Gigi. I imagine Gigi Jackson's getting NIL money. I think that was part of what he was looking for when he came to South Carolina. I'm sure maybe there's some some change going to some others, but probably not a whole heck of a lot, Chris.
2: Well, and first off Gigi Jackson, it's almost if the scenario played out with him, you'd almost wish he would be coming in in about 2 years if you're a Carolina fan because that's about the time you hope Lamont Paris is starting to turn the corner and would need somebody like that maybe to push him to the next level. It it appears to me in in a fear because I enjoy watching him play, but if he is a one and doneer, South Carolina's going to ruin his only year there. It's not there, you know, he just doesn't have enough tools around him and the other thing what does foot what did football have to sell you're going to use uh, you know the example of not winning and that type of thing it's not as if football's got a major major tradition either
1: well that's a good question we'll pick up on it after the break Answer your question, Chris. There at the bottom of the hour, have you seen the difference in how South Carolina presents its football program compared to its basketball program? It's yep. basically like but a why? different country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you got the, the 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 flashing lights there at the stadium and everything that goes into the recruiting and all the video hype and uh, so they they treat it. You know, they treat their football program. Much differently than their basketball program. And you're right. The The football program historically, uh, well, historically, what would you say? They made it to number two in the country, had a chance to get to number one, had a chance to be in position to play in a bowl game for the national championship in 1984 and blew it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that the equivalent of getting to the uh, final four in basketball one time and losing in the... Uh, national semifinals. You know, it's kind of an equivalent.
2: uh, Gonzaga, though, was a lot better in terms of comparison opponents than was Navy at that time in 84. And the flip side of that, too, is you talk about uh, the men's basketball team has an SEC championship, too, in the program. I'm not trying to compare the two yeah. because it's, it's clearly obvious that South Carolina wants to win in football, and that's fine if that's the, the direction they want to go. But you were mentioning about the different things, and you talked about lack of tradition on the men's side. Same thing can be said for football, but the one big difference is the fan support. Mm. I mean, it, it's not even comparable how many folks would much prefer to go watch a Carolina football game than go watch a Carolina basketball oh, game. Oh, yeah, not even in the
1: it's not same the area atmosphere. code. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh,
3: 8359 Charleston over A&T. Pat? Just to add also to this, even right before the break, Phil, you were asking what can USC sell to these top recruits to bring them here, and maybe not thinking much. best I can come up with, though, is, and I think this would intrigue me as a player, is you're not going to face the same pressure if you go to a Duke or a Kentucky or a Gonzaga. I look back to the top recruits last year, the Chet Holmgrens, the Paolo Banqueros, uh, the Imani Bates, the Jalen Duran, the Jabari Smiths. They had cameras following them with every move they did. We were constantly hearing up doubts, updates about how they were doing at their respective schools, whereas at USC, Gigi Jackson is able to kind of fly a little bit more under the radar. And I think that is going to be very beneficial to him, especially as somebody who reclassified and technically should be a senior in high school this year, similar to Imani Bates last year at Memphis. And I don't mean to make any other comparisons other than this, the fact that they, they both jumped uh, from high school a year early. But Imani Bates, I think that that pressure may have been a detriment to him last year at Memphis, and that's one of the reasons why we saw him this year go to an Eastern Michigan is he's able to just go there, hone his craft, and just go and hoop, and the NBA scouts are still going to find him. Where, and I don't know if that's a great way to sell your program, but at least starting out you can be like, hey, guys, come here. We'll help nurture you and get you to the next level but you're not going to face the same pressures as at a duke and blah 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 blah.
1: And Bates scored 36 in Columbia last week for that's those great, who are watching yeah. football. Uh, a few that's quick why I was notes. Chuckling.
2: Yeah. He scored over half their points. Yeah.
1: A few quick notes <laughs> and we'll get back to your telephone calls. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. 982 KJ Henry of Clemson announced this afternoon that he will be leaving for the NFL draft comes a day after Brian Bressy. Uh you throw in Miles Murphy, so that's 3 of the top defensive lineman for Clemson opting for the uh, NFL draft, and Henry expected to be a a pretty good draft pick. Jimbo Fisher, Chris Lowe from ESPN, I think he broke this story. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is finalizing a deal to hire America's greatest slimeball, that's my words, Bobby Petrino, as the offensive coordinator. Who's number one? Bruce Pearl. And it's not even close. I don't at least at least Bruce, yeah, he's slimy, but at least he stays at yeah, at places. I mean he stayed he at to Tennessee to, so for the NCAA a while.
2: gets on his heels. And he
1: stayed at he's been in Auburn for a while. I don't think anybody's slimier than Petrino. I'm sorry, I disagree. I think Petrino is the biggest slime ball in all of college sports. And and I was going to throw in their um I was gonna throw in their uh you know, what's his face? Uh gosh, darn it. Kentucky Hoops. Um, Calipari. Yeah, Calipari, right. I was going to throw him in there as well. But I think Petrino's even slimier than he is. Uh, he's going to go – so is this an act of complete and total desperation like <laughs> no Jimbo Fisher to have Petrino take over play-calling duties? I, I think uh, Petrino uh, has been at UNLV for a few weeks as their offensive coordinator after spending the last three seasons at Missouri State. Where, uh, and I remember when he went to, was it Western Kentucky? After they, they threw him a lifeline after he got himself blown out at Louisville, if, if my memory serves me right chronologically, blown out at Louisville because of some misdeeds and some misconduct and things there, right? Uh, and then Western Kentucky, is that when he, no, then he went to Western Kentucky, I think, right? Or was it Arkansas? No, it was Louisville, then to Arkansas, got blown out of Arkansas because of some things. Looked like his career was dead. Western Kentucky threw him a lifeline. He said, oh, I'm here, and I'm going to be here, and da-da-da-da. I think he left after one year, right? At Western Kentucky. Don't forget the Falcons where he didn't even
7: stay in Oh, here. yeah, he the Falcons. Oh, he had that, whole,
3: had that whole debacle. I think a lot of that was circling around the Complete Michael and total slime ball. Yeah. No then, question about it. I think, I think all three of us can probably agree, too. If he goes to A&M and has one successful year there, he'll bounce. He'll get a power There's five no head coaching job after <laughs> a year as no well. Doubt.
1: I wouldn't pay this guy to walk my dog.
3: Somebody will, though. And I he? can't believe it.
1: If you, if you are that desperate as a university president and AD, then – you're not worth the price of the suit that you clothed yourself in i mean that's this guy should be hands off there's anybody should be hands off in college sports it's this guy seriously uh pelia native and former Furman and newberry quarterback Josh step the better looking of the step twins as i tweeted and i sent it to uh the other You're half of the to
2: Justin. The Justin.
1: <laughs> I don't think he laughed back. I, threw, I put a little LOL, LOL in there. Uh, and Greg Gasparato, who's the son of the late Gamecock assistant coach Nick Gasparato, uh, they're moving from the Louisville staff to Cincinnati with Scott Satterfield. Uh, one to be on the offensive side, one to be on the defensive side. Uh, both are up and coming uh, coaches in the college ranks, and uh, they've done great jobs everywhere they have been. And uh, let's see, what else do I want to tell you? Uh, Sam Pinckney III uh, announced today that he's going to go back to Coastal for another season. So he, so Tim Beck's going
2: to have his quarterback and his top receiver or maybe one of his top receivers? His top receiver, yeah, no question. A Greenwood native, started his career over Georgia State. Transferred into Coastal this past year. Huge impact this past year. And I've, I've got the feeling that with Grayson announcing he was returning and, and leaving the transfer portal, that probably solidified Sam Pinckney coming back for a year. So, Tim Beck's already, you know, we talked about his recruiting and early signing. Only signed six people. He's already done a better job recruiting just those two guys than anybody has brought in since uh, taking over as head coach.
1: Absolutely. Uh, this is from Zach Kiefer, who is um, – He's a writer, he's a TV guy, TV guy uh, with the Colts, uh, covers the Colts, uh, some stuff with the Athletic. Anyway, the Colts safety, Rodney Thomas, was a high school teammate of DeMar Hamlin and he went to Cincinnati to visit him in the hospital and he told uh, Zach Kiefer, quote, he's doing good, he's building up strength so he can walk out of that room Um, and he has no doubt he'll pull through, quote, I 100% believe that end quote. That's great. So that's some good encouraging news there. And our poll question of the week, it's on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC. Clemson suffered a shocking loss to Tennessee. Yes, I said shocking. Some people have questioned the description as being shocking. Well, I write the question, so I have to go with what I feel, and so I was kind of shocked that they lost to Tennessee, especially by 17 points, only scored one touchdown. So yes, I was shocked. So Clemson's missed the CFP the last two seasons, but they were still 11-game winners in an ACC championship. You still consider them a nationally elite program. 1,289 votes are in. 67.5% say they do not. 32.5% say they do. You still have time to vote. Go to our Twitter at SportsTalkSC. We go back to your phone calls now. We appreciate your patience. 888-898-2525 is the number. It's a Tiger Bryan in Lancaster. Next up here on the program, first time in 23 to have TB with us. So happy New Year to you, sir. We hope you rang in the New Year in a in a pleasant and healthy manner.
8: Well, I just getting over the flu, buddy. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah, I had the flu right before Christmas and everything, man. Oh, but, you know, hey, I'll take 11 wins every year. Yeah. You know. If we beat Gamecocks every seven eight years, you know, if it takes them seven eight years to beat us, mm-hmm. they don't they don't have nothing to crow about. I'm tired of Gamecock people act like they don't got something. They, they at the pinnacle of, of going to be the SEC champions. I'm gonna put this out here: they'll never win the SEC champions, and they will never beat Clemson again uh, in the
1: next year or two. Not with Cave. Nope. Won't happen. Those so so never. I mean, like never is a long time. I'm talking about in the next few years. Yeah, but they'll never be the SEC <laughs> champion. Uh-huh. They'll
8: never. They, they ain't in that category.
1: Right. Right.
8: They're they doorstoppers. Yeah. Mm. But, but you know, I still love my Gamecock fans. I don't get them all mad at me
1: in that Well, they sound a little mad at you now. You got them all mad. You got them stirred up well, at I, you. I like to get mad once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you feeling? You, know, you sound like you're feeling better. You got. Sound like you I'm got your spirit better.
8: better. I do. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh i feel like i'm praying for that guy from buffalo t higgins i'm praying for him too you know
1: he feels bad but he feels like he made that man have a heart attack or something i don't know
9: yeah I mean, but
1: not his fault know, not his fault anybody yeah, that he, wants he, to point the finger at him they're just idiot yeah. idiot all right i can't wait this year because it's gonna be another great year
8: because y'all's best thing since sliced bread on sports talk I'll put y'all against anybody.
1: Well, we Fear appreciate that. We appreciate that. You y'all got, are Bob. you got to stay healthy so you can uh, keep calling in and singing our praises. I will.
8: I got y'all's back. If y'all, hey, y'all might race horses. I'll never get out of the stable. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Tiger Brian. All right, go have go back nice and night. take another sip of uh, thermoflu. <laughs> have another, have another dose of thermoflu, and, and you'll continue to feel better. Thank you very much. Let's go to um, Tiger Brian, Andy in Columbia next. Andy, welcome to Sports Talk. Good evening. How are you? Good to have you with us. Happy New Year.
10: Happy New Year to you, fellas. I thought Tiger Bryant always had bottle flu. Always had what? Bottle flu. Bottle flu. Yeah.
1: Oh, are you suggesting? Suggesting? Glug, 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 glug,
10: glug, glug. You ever listen to him uh, when he calls? Suggesting. I don't think I have to suggest. I, I think, think that's just Tiger. Brian's a guy. He's a
1: guy that's high on life. He's high on happiness.
10: Tiger, Tiger Brian enjoys his beverages, so no, no problem with that. Uh,
1: he likes a good cold PBR from time to time. I think.
10: Yeah, that's what I said. You mm-hmm. know, you get the bottle flu every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure his, maybe his, should be called the can flu. So I'm sure he doesn't drink PBR out the bottle. Mm. He's got me in the can. <laughs> well, you, why are you trashing Tiger Brian like you are? He's
1: going to call back and put a knot on your head.
10: <laughs> and you know, another thing that Tiger Bryant said, he can count on Klubnik all day and all night, but they only, he only scored seven points on Tennessee's defense that South Carolina scored 63 on. So take mm-hmm. that one to the bank, Mr. Tiger Bryant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, regarding South Carolina basketball, as I called y'all for numerous years as Frank Martin was coach, asking why there was not a Frank Martin basketball show on TV every week. There's not there's not a Lamont Paris show on now. Why should any media cover them when our own university, their administration, won't even give the man a 30-minute TV show to promote his own property? Is that not part of the contract?
1: Is that I mean, all these guys have TV deals, t- oh, cool. TV are, stuff are, written in their crazy?
10: contract? I've been telling you for years. I know you I have. I know have you have.
1: Show. Yeah?
10: I mean, you uh, think uh, I'm making that up? Lamont, no Can I interject show. here? Interject. The Gamecock the Insider
2: battle. TV show right. that they have, Andy, doesn't that, it, hasn't that taken over the place of you know, Todd Ellis sat down with Will Muschamp or you know uh, Derek Scott sits down and chats with Frank Martin? Hasn't that sort of taken over the, uh, the coaches show per se and, the, and they do highlights of the men's team and the women's team and maybe throw in a quote or two here? I don't know that uh, anybody's getting a full-fledged coaches show anymore. Is there in football season? Is, Be, uh, is Beamer not have a full show? I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, he it's, does. Yeah, he's got a full yeah. show. So the yeah. Gamecock Insider and, but starts you know, after I, after the Beamer show.
1: If I'm not mistaken, I think that um, the local stations don't carry the shows anymore. Don't they just put it out like on? Um,
10: uh, I think WAC um, Watch Fox carries it. Uh, the, the, the Beamer show? I thought it yeah. only went it's up
1: to like. Hour. Fox Sports Southeast or something like that. But you you might be right. I don't watch. I Listen, I haven't watched a coach's show since Paul Dietzel. Uh, so, and those were live. And those were good. You know, when you know, I
2: bet they were.
1: You know, those were live and those were good. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I just, how can you watch a coach's show when Tommy Bowden on his t- – go back and look. Tommy Bowden's TV show when he was coaching at Clemson never showed the other team scoring. Never. He never acknowledged the other team scored. How they explain losses, you know, and all that, I, I, very creative. But th- they specifically would not or could not show the other team scoring on his TV show. So, for what it's worth.
10: But, but you know, you can't get down on the local media for not covering the games when, like I said, this, the, this university doesn't even give coverage to the coach. I mean, it's it's ridiculous.
1: Well, uh, it's it's, I, I it's not, not my it place in, in, in this day and age of tight budgets and you know tight not budget. not many personnel and all this sort of stuff. No, I mean, hear me out.
10: Um, oh, you're talking about media wise.
1: Media wise, yeah. I mean, you know, things are tight, and nobody is locally owned anymore in this state except for the Charleston paper. Um, so they all take orders from people who sit 500, 800 miles away and don't really care about – all they care about is the bottom line. What I'm getting at here here is, I mean, when the hometown paper uh, doesn't cover your team home and away, like in basketball. They do in football, but not in basketball. And I think it's the same thing for Clemson. I don't know if any – they might have some of the – people might say, well, why do the websites go and cover them home and away? Well, the websites only – concern themselves with their team. And that's all they worry about is covering their team. A newspaper, you know, they're covering the high schools. They're covering all the other variety of sports in their area. They've got a, a much grander scale of uh, of people to pay than do these the, the websites. And, and I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, the, the budget, it's easier for them to up and travel to all these basketball games than it is for the newspaper. That being said, I do think that the home newspaper should have somebody covering the team, home and away. A part of that's reflective on the interest of the public in the program, and um, obviously for football, you know, we go to every football game, Clemson and South Carolina, because that's what this the, our audience, you know, drives. That that's what people only that's what that's what they want to talk about the most is is the football program tw- twelve months out of the year. I get that, um, and I, and I'm sure if the budgets allowed it, the newspapers would cover every game as well. But
10: let's be realistic, Phil. Do you get the Do you get the state?
1: Yes, do I get it online. Start? I get the state online. I get what? the Charleston paper online. I get, get I, get paper I get the no, Greenville. I get the Greenville. I get the Greenville News online. That. Which, by the I'm way, online, I want to say it's a screw actual job. Paper? It's a screw job, since the Greenville News and the Spartanburg Herald and the Anderson paper are all owned by Gannett, and they're all one, they share writers and all this sort of stuff, you would think my subscription to the Greenville News would get me access to Spartanburg and Anderson, but it doesn't. But anyway.
10: Well, Phil, so I get the paper delivered to my house, okay? And there's one reason I do, because I have a parrot that needs to use the bathroom. Oh. I mean, on Monday, I get, I get eight total pages of news. That's main and sports. That's Sun. That's a Monday after Sunday NFL. You have about five pages, not even five pages of sports. You have three pages of sports in the state newspaper. Well, and then you do realize usually, you do. Wait, Phil. Now realize this: there's no Saturday edition that comes to the, to the door. So you have no high school sports that you don't see until Sunday, or sometimes even Monday in the state newspaper. You read nothing in the state that had nothing that happened the day before. You only read stuff in the state newspaper if you have the paper delivered to your house that happened three to five days prior.
1: I know this. That's I know you, you do realize that their emphasis is on online and that they well, do only do the paper out of a tradition and that the paper, in the case of the state paper, their deadline is 8 o'clock at night because the paper is easy. printed in Raleigh. And it's, it's, it's either Raleigh or Greensboro. It's printed there, and then it's trucked into Columbia for you know
10: what's crazy, though?
1: but the Phil deadline is eight o'clock at night. They at can't midnight. even you can't cover a sporting event, an evening sporting <laughs> event, and it's at eight your deadlines eight o'clock. But yeah, the emphasis I mean, is on the online service. and they they do a all the papers do a great job with their online writing. I mean, they're there. they they're covering the high schools and they're covering their local teams with their writers, you know, but you have to be willing to pay for it online.
10: i just
1: think that are we out of time we're going to break hey andy we got to go to break sorry to cut you off yeah i used to get the hard copy of the paper i didn't mind it being two or three days old when i got it because that's how far behind i was in reading the news to me if you're reading something for the first time and you don't know anything about it it's news i mean it might be two or three days old but it's still informative to you we'll be back in a moment We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, hunting is very popular across the state of South Carolina, Major Downer. What things should our hunters be thinking about before they get out in the fields?
5: It seems like every other show, we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. Whether it's turkey season or deer season, hunters always need to be aware of the target. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss.
1: Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network.
5: Hi, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR, and coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network.
9: Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish, South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the low country, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hiking experience. Visit
10: sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. All
1: right, back to your phone calls as I update Charleston. Charleston and A&T final, 92-79. to 79. Cougars win that one. Boy, they're playing some great basketball. Who led the way for Charleston today? It was um, somebody had a great game, 10 of 16 from the floor. That is Dalton Bolin. Dalton Bolin led to Charleston with 22 points. And so another win for the Cougars. They um twenty three yeah, in the really, country, really and uh, does that make them fifteen and one and three and zero in conference play? So, all right, back to the phones before we hit the break here on Sports Talk. We go to um, is it Hank in Columbia next up? Hello, Hank. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you?
11: I'm doing fine, Corin. Um, You know, I heard that earlier. Where I think that people just need to be patient um, with Paris. Um, I think this whole deal about what South Carolina's got to sell, but but you got to think about it. Um, one of the issues that Frank had was Frank had almost zero um, kind of rapport with the AAU coaches in the state, which caused a lot of talent from inside of South Carolina to end up on a lot of rosters that ended up into the tournament. And with Kerry Rich there and, and Lamont Paris is a little bit more, I guess, connection to the AAU coaches, he'll be able to get some players in the portal, but he'll, there are a number of players that carry Rich. Remember, Carey Rich told us about Zion and John Morant when they were coming through middle school and people were mm-hmm. having about who this person he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, and he mentioned them when they were eighth graders. So with that kind of person on his staff, it'll take a couple of years, but South Carolina has talent that can play and play at the next level.
1: You mean the state of South Carolina?
11: The state icon. Yeah. yeah, and then you go out and you and you tap on your sources up in the in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. After Cam Scott, I mean, Cam Scott's the next big big timer coming out of the state in the twenty four class. I don't know beyond that 25, 26 Right now, what we've yeah, got but, yeah, in the but state. Think
11: about, but think about this point. Remember, nobody knew. Remember, nobody knew about Zion and Jar when he talked about it. When he talked about them when they were middle school.
1: Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, but, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, all right, thank you, Hank. But, you know, John Morant, I mean, even when they knew about him, they didn't offer him. I mean, South Carolina didn't offer him until he'd already committed to Murray State, and to his credit, he didn't want to back down from his uh, commitment that he made to uh, Murray State at that time. Hit the break, top of the hour. Be right back.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, eight 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 nine eight two five two five. 898 2525 That's triple eight eight nine eight twenty five twenty five. 898 2525 Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we've been rolling through your phone calls
1: here tonight on Sports Talk. We invite your calls. Numbers, 888 898 South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. We come to you from the David Buster Studios in downtown Columbia. Chris has left us now. He's with the Coastal Carolina basketball team, and they were heading out, so he had to head out with them. He's got a game up at Appalachian State tomorrow night. If you're just joining us, College of Charleston picks up another win, 92-74 against North Carolina A&T. As for other games going on, and these games are in the relative early stages in the first half, you've got Georgia leading Auburn 21-19. NC State and Duke are are just underway as well in the ACC. I mean, just underway, 2-0. State is leading there. And you've got um, games that are still... Uh, to come on the schedule tonight. Be a few more minutes for some of them to tip off It's 7 o'clock here. Maybe you got some 7.30 and 8 o'clock tips, but we've got um, Furman and the Citadel. That should be tipping off most any time now up in Greenville. Winthrop and Presbyterian the same. Uh, Mercer, Wofford, Radford Upstate. Back in the ACC, you got Georgia Tech, Miami. They have tipped off. It's early, 2-2 in the first half there. Florida and Texas A&M. That'll be an 8 o'clock tip Eastern time. Charleston against Longwood, and that's going to be an 8 o'clock tip. Why does it say 7 o'clock Central? That'd be 8 o'clock Eastern. Is that an 8 o'clock tip here? Um, And that's it. That's it for the games involving local teams, SEC, ACC teams, that we have for you so far tonight. With that said, we get back to your phone calls. We'll have recruiting coming up for you in a few minutes. And SC Wild tonight at 730, the major Billy Downer back for 2023. Let's continue with your phone calls. Always anxious to hear from you. 888-898-2525. couple lines are open now if you want to get through. And it's Robbie and Florence next up. Robbie, welcome in. How are you? What's up, Colin? I'm doing great. Good. I just have a couple of questions.
12: Uh, I just want to know is whatever happened to um,
1: Will Shipley from Clemson and uh, is Spencer Rattler coming back for his next year? First, uh, you asked who about Will Shipley? Yes, sir. Will Nate Shipley, Clemson. the running back. What about him? He's back. He'll be back for another just, year.
12: He's coming back. That's what I want to know
1: because – As far as I'm concerned, he's the MVP of that team. He's very valuable. He's very valuable running the ball, catching the ball. I think he's improved his pass blocking as well. I think he's kind of almost a complete package back there. And uh, as as Chuck Reedy said last night, surprised that Clemson didn't give him more work, especially in that first half of the bowl game. But, yeah, he's just a true – he'll be a true junior. He's two years in, so – Unless he wanted okay. to up and transfer, which he doesn't, so he'll be well, back next year. Please. And then I didn't Rattler, that- yeah, and then Rat- Rattler still a—it's a wait and see. He's got until January 16th to declare for the draft. So, okay. if he'll wait that long, but then again, South Carolina starts classes here. I want to say in the next week or so, like around—is it like the right. ninth all or right. something—they start classes. So. That's coming up too, so he's got a decision to make between now okay. and the 16th is the absolute drop date for declaring for the draft. Right.
12: Well, how about the um, quarterback
1: from the Shrine Bowl from South Florence? Was he committed? Yes, he is. Lenoris uh, Sellers committed to the Gamecocks. Yes, sir. Yeah, he signed with South Carolina back on the the Friday of the early signing period, the last day you could sign early, he did so. So he's in the fold, and he'll be enrolling early at South Carolina, competing uh, in the winter and in the spring, and we'll go from there. All right, Phil, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Great hearing from you. All right. Thank you. Terrific, terrific phone call. Good questions. Always appreciate good questions. We go to Gamecock Larry over in Swansea. Gamecock, Larry, I know you had a big new year. Happy New Year. You're probably still partying, ringing in 2023, the way 2022 ended. I'm sure you had a – despite the Gamecocks loss, I'm sure you found a way to party going into the new
4: year.
12: Yes, sir. I was sitting right here in my recliner and waiting for everybody to come to me. I didn't go nowhere. Yeah. But I got a few things I got to say. I'm, first, I want to say that to that Tiger. Tiger, oh, what, what Tiger
1: what are you Brian. Tiger Bryan. You're the second person to crack on him tonight. Tiger Bryan.
12: Tiger Bryan. That old Gamecock Larry say something to you. I hope you're listening, and I hope he... Maybe you ought to get your paper and pen out and write it down. I remember... Uh, Oh, girl, You old oh, Dabo, old oh, Dabo said, "I don't believe in the transfer portal. I'm going to put a fence around South Carolina. Well, I think he's going to have to go in the transfer portal to get him a quarterback. You got a young man that you think's gonna be okay, but I don't think he's going to be too good. And I think Old Dabo left the gate open as far as closing the gate, closing the putting the fence around the in-state players. Uh, And uh, you just upset because we broke all those streaks you had, all those streaks. Yeah, we broke them, and we starting a new streak of our own. And if Old Gamecock lights around next year when the game rolls around. I want to talk to you about let's put a little wager on it. Now, mm-hmm. I've been I've been a, I've been following the game costs for 87, 87 years, and I think I can tell you a little bit. Now we had some good times, we had some bad times,
7: mm-hmm.
12: but you ain't said too much when those spurs kick you for five or six games. But boy, mm-hmm. you sure t- hollered about your or six games. Your streak sober. New streaks on uh, new shirts in the state of South Carolina, and now let's say a little bit about. Well, hang on
1: one second. I now was, you concern me. You concern me when you use the word "if." Gamecock Larry why, did is around. I didn't say. I didn't say if. No, you said if you're I, I mean, around. I you said, said say, if, you, you said, said if, if I'm around. If and, I'm around. Yeah, that concerns me when you say if you're around. I mean, what makes you think you won't be around?
12: Well, I don't know. I'm getting old. I'm, I'm well, you know, you know how it goes. Well, no, we know, but nobody knows. But I know I'm gonna I'm going to be. I'm going to trust the good Lord to keep me around about ten or fifteen more years. That'd so be I good. Can,
1: That'd be good. I think so we'd all, I, would, sir, would I we all would. We all vote for that. I think we will unanimously vote for that.
12: So I can torment Old Tiger Bright. So I can torment Tiger Bright. Now let's talk a little bit about this basketball we got well I they wouldn't listen to a game called Larry. I told them before it happened I told them when it happened and I'm telling it after it happened I think Coach Tanner done the same thing that he done when he fired Holbrook he listened to the fans he listened to the fans, jumped the ship, fired the whole book and hired this I don't know if I got his name down, don't care about it. But uh then he fired Martin and he got Lamont. Well I, I we're gonna have to trust Lamont, but it's gonna be five or six years before we have a basketball team in South Carolina. Mm. It's gonna be that long. But that's about all I got to say, Mister Phil. And all, all right, sir. Uh, I love all, of them all, and just go on, Gamecock. that, leave that game open, Dabo. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, all right, Gamecock, Larry. I can tell he's feeling good going into the new year, and uh, we appreciate him calling in. NC State has jumped on Duke thirteen nothing. 13-Zippo in the first six minutes of that game. How about that? <clears throat> They're playing that game in Raleigh. Uh, Duke scoreless on first 11 possessions. 0 for eleven from the field, three turnovers. Uh, 13-0 NC State on Duke. Yeah, that won't last. It's basketball. Everybody goes on a run in basketball, don't they? So it, it's not going to last. Phone number, 888-898-2525. Want to join in on the program here? Got a few minutes before we jump into recruiting. And uh, then we got SC Wild, bottom of this hour with the major, <clears throat> excuse me, Billy Downer. What you got?
3: <laughs> well, I've been over here kind of cackling to myself, reading an article here. Apparently some Tennessee fans uh, decided to troll Clemson head coach Davo Sweeney. And this may be a generational thing, but like trolling somebody, basically pranking somebody, whatever, you're just throwing a previous comment kind of back in their face. Well, I guess after Tennessee had beaten – I'm sorry. After South Carolina had beaten Tennessee, uh, Coach Sweeney said, quote, when you're in Tennessee's position and they're like, okay, we beat South Carolina, we beat Vandy, and they're in the playoffs, they're flipping burgers at the house, having a cold drink and watching the championship game. What are we? Are we three? Are we four? Where are we going? Are we in Arizona? And we here is Tennessee. Or are we in Atlanta? And the next thing you know, you forget you've got to go play. And then they got blown out by South Carolina. That, quote's confusing. Either way, Mm -hmm. he said something – Tennessee fans took it personally. Obviously, Tennessee just beat Clemson. Well, apparently, a package of burgers was delivered today to Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. No! (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sitting here reading it. It's uh, 24 six-ounce Omaha Steaks burgers totaling $104.98, and they were... They were shipped to Clemson University football, Dabo Sweeney, at his office over there on perimeter on Perimeter Road. <laughs> that's and amazing. Somebody did sign for it, but uh, but this Tennessee fan taking credit for it online that there they sent Dabo Sweeney a care package, and that's now, Does
1: that go back to when they visited the White House and Trump served them hamburgers?
3: No, I read that. It's it's from it's from a quote Dabo said earlier this season when he was talking about your Tennessee. Debo made a comment basically alluding to the fact that Tennessee was not in the SEC championship game mm. and they were going to have to hope that some, they'd get some help into getting into the college football playoff. Gotcha. But after losing to South <clears throat> Carolina, it didn't, really, it didn't really matter. He said they'd be sitting at home flipping burgers on the grill watching. And so these, these fans, I guess, took, uh, took that personally. And that's twice now in the last week that there's been a good troll job. But we didn't even mention it on the show. Whatever South Carolina fans out there rented that, what do you call it, the plane that flies up with the ribbon yeah, around the stadium. Right, right. And they were trolling both Tennessee and Clemson during the Orange Bowl. I think it said something on the lines of, like, have fun in your little game or something like that, sign South Carolina.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw the plane flying around, didn't realize <clears throat> what it was carrying until I saw the tweets that some a group of South Carolina fans had purchased that banner to kind of get under the skin of Tennessee and Hey, Clemson fans, I mean, the fact that uh, South Carolina had beaten both of them, the Gamecocks could claim that they were the uh, Orange Bowl champions by virtue of having beaten Clemson and Tennessee.
3: That's right. And the message said, enjoy your bowl game, signed South Carolina.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, a couple of quick notes here. Uh, Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina quarterback, sets the FBS pass, pass efficiency record this year. Six straight year. The record has been broken. He finished at 207.7. He broke the record that was held by Mac Jones, who broke the record that was held by Joe Burrow, who broke the record that was held by Tua Tangovaloa, who broke the record that was held for two years by Baker Mayfield. So that's some pretty heavy uh, and heady company there for McCall. Also, <clears throat> USC's um, Nick Iman, uh, worry. Nay, the ESPN true freshman All-American team. And well, he should have. Led the team in tackles. Also one of the most physical players on the team. I tell you, South Carolina, with D.Q. Smith and Nick Eman Eman Worry, they have a couple of safeties that you can truly, if you can build a defense around safeties, two young guys that are going to play some really good football for them over the next uh, two or three years. There's no question about it. And they were two guys that were not heavily recruited. That's the amazing thing. You look at them now, and you watch them play, and it makes the star system totally fraudulent. Totally fraudulent. I mean, these guys are playing SEC football at a very, very high level as true freshmen. And it also makes recruiting fraudulent. I guess I should throw that in there as well. Because... I mean, neither one was heavily recruited outside of the offer from South Carolina. Of course, DQ was a a quarterback primarily at Spring Valley. South Carolina told him right up front, you're a safety, and you can make it as a safety. And I can remember talking to him in recruiting. He didn't want to hear any of it. He was going to be a quarterback. He didn't want to hear anything about playing safety. They convinced him otherwise. And remember, too, in his case, and this is how things work out in recruiting, he had to wait until August to enroll. They had oversigned. They didn't have a spot for him scholarship wise, but they promised him, you know, wait till August, you come in then you're not going to miss a thing and uh, and he had to wait um at least I think he was yeah, I think he had to wait uh, maybe yeah, I think he did have to wait. He couldn't come in with the others at at midterm um And look how quickly he picked it up and became a a player for them. And then Eman Wari was, I mean, totally overlooked by people. But you looked at him physically, and it's like, my gosh, he's, as a high school kid, you know, he was like a man. And he, first time he got out there, I mean, he, unfortunately for um, uh, R.J. Roderick, he got hurt in the first game, as I recall, against Georgia State. He got hurt, and they had to run Eman Wari out there. And, he took over the position like he'd been playing it in the SEC all his life. It was just like a natural. And so my point is, South Carolina is well set at those two positions for the next um, two or three years, depending on how long these guys want to stay there. So, And it's two guys that nobody else paid any attention to in recruiting. Speaking of recruiting, we'll go to the break, and when we come back, we'll give you the recruiting report for tonight. Stay tuned for that. Then at the bottom of the hour first edition of sc wild in 2023 from dnr with the major billy downer and we can continue to take your phone calls for him if you have questions about the outdoors anything with the dnr organization anything with the uh, laws of south carolina when it comes to hunting and fishing in the outdoors you got anything like that then um, he'll be happy to take them on and we'll be back
0: Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, Healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com.
5: Hi, this is Major Billy Downer with DNR. And coming up tonight at 7.30, another edition of SC Wild on the Sports Talk Radio Network.
2: Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount, expect not to win, and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com
1: Time for the recruiting report tonight is brought to you by Seawells. Wells. Hey, they're back at it with the daily luncheon buffet today. The first time in 2023, they laid it out there for everybody. I bet you the place was jam packed with people getting in there to get back to uh, chowing down. Daily luncheon buffet. You get your meats, and you get your vegetables. You get your dessert. You get your beverage, and it's all for thirteen dollars. <throat> it's a great buy. And the food is delicious. They'll have it for you the rest of the week, 11 to 2, Monday through Friday. And for the catering business that's the best in the market, you want to give Seawells a call at 803-771-7385, online at seawellscateringsc.com. They can handle all of your planning and catering needs at their facility, 1125 Rosewood Drive, or they will come to your venue. Again, visit their website at seawellscateringsc.com. Dot com. Pat?
3: Just want to add here for our listeners, uh, I'm reading here, they will actually be closed for a private event this Friday, January the 6th. But if you are craving your RBF, your roast beef Friday, that will be tomorrow. So it'll be a roast beef Thursday this week. So tomorrow you can have that along with southern fried chicken and grilled hamburger steak with onions. But Wells will be closed <clears throat> this Friday for a private
1: event. Very nice. Well, there you go. I'm glad you told us that. So now let's uh, update you on what we've got in recruiting. First of all, transfer offensive tackle Sidney Fuger from Western Illinois, 67330, is on an official visit today to Cincinnati, today and Thursday, <coughs> Cincinnati. And then he'll be at South Carolina coming in on Friday for a weekend official visit. His mother will be joining him on the trips. USC offered him on Sunday. He and offensive analyst and fill-in offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley have known each other since uh, Teasley was the offensive line coach at North Carolina Central. and Teasley has been heading up the Gamecocks recruiting efforts with him and been talking to him quite a lot, and they've built, again, a very good relationship, according to Fuger. So South Carolina appears to be in very good shape with him. When he takes these visits, And, of course, Cincinnati's got a new coaching staff with Scott Satterfield. When he takes these visits, though, he just wants to see where it is he's going to make a great impact, how the players feel about things, is it a winning culture, and how much do they want him, basically. That's what it boils down to. So a decision from him likely to come very soon after the USC visit. Then Dillon offensive tackle Josiah Thompson, 6'7", 290. He's an elite player. in the 24 class not just in the state but nationally offer list includes the in-state programs along with the national names like Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Florida State, Miami, Texas A&M, LSU and Michigan State among others he told us five schools stand out the most to him at this point he listed those five in order as USC, Clemson, Georgia Alabama, Miami And he said the Gamecocks hold a commanding lead on the field right now, he said like a 10 on a scale of 10. He said he's uh, been in contact with the Gamecocks since his freshman year. He says, uh, I knew I was going to be able to fit in with the school. It's a lot closer to home for his family. And he loves the coaches. So the next step in the process for Thompson, Junior Day and unofficial visits this month. He'll go to Tennessee on January 14th. USC on January 21st, and Clemson on January 28th, and he said there's no timetable for him on a commitment right now. He has visited USC and Clemson in the past, and he went to Miami spring game last year. He's also been to Alabama, and Thompson also camped last summer at USC and at Alabama. So you know, South Carolina looks to be in good shape with him at this point. And that is what we have for you tonight. In recruiting, remember to check it out regularly on our website, sportstalksc.com. On Twitter, use the hashtag STRecruiting.
3: Pat? Just want to get your thoughts real fast. You mentioned about the emergence of Nick Imanwari this year. He became the Gamecocks' leading tackler, really stood out as a DB, as a freshman. I certainly want to make sure we pay attention to Torian Gray. He deserves a lot of credit. But also want to give a shout out to Jalen Foster, the former Gamecock and the importance. remember they brought him back in as a, as a coaching role. and a lot of players throughout the year, I remember going to those weekly press conferences, all, so many players would compliment Foster and how he really was able to relate to them, not the Torian Grays and old guys in his 40s, but Foster's just been here and he was able to relate to some of these some of these younger players and really helped a lot with the DBs over at USC. Just no question sure about it. Credit. Yeah. And, and and he's
1: a great story in and of itself. Uh, how about an update on NC State and Duke? My goodness. My hide the women and children in Raleigh. Or actually playing, they're playing uh in Raleigh, but hide the women and children in Durham who don't want to see this. Are you ready? 837 to play in the first half? 22 to 4.
8: That never happened under Coach K. Coach K
1: never trailed by 18 points. Coach K never only scored four points in 12 minutes. Never, never, never. Bring back Coach K. SC Wild coming up.
0: Now on Sports Talk, it's S.C. Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's S.C. Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. And a
1: pleasure it is to welcome in for the first time in 2023, the Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources back for another year of SC Wild here on Sports Talk. We're looking forward to it, looking forward to being involved with things, maybe doing some shows on some locations, maybe in a dove field, maybe in an alligator pit. Whatever you want to do in 2023, Major, it's your call.
9: I, I, I love it. Thank you for inviting me to the alligator pit. I think I'll take a pass on that one. But anyway, <laughs> never um, never lo- missing your chance to pull in the alligator in the story. Great well, job, I,
1: I was going to say, and by the way, the hap, year, our
5: hap, first hap, show.
1: happy new year to you. But I was going to say I was in happy Florida. I was in Florida for about, uh, gosh, four or five days there down in Miami covering the bowl game, Fort Lauderdale, and didn't see a single gator anywhere that uh i walked around so that was that was encouraging that maybe they have you know gone some places and staying away from people
9: yes uh, florida's temp temperature typically and climate is such though that alligators are active throughout the year so um it does get a little cooler sometimes but i don't know i didn't watch the weather down there i know the gator's As a team, did not fare very well. No, the Gators did not.
1: They did not. I tell you what, let's do this as we begin the new year. And if you have a question or comment for the major, you can reach him at 888 898 2525. He's more than happy to take your questions and your comments and your observations. As we go into the new year, are there any new laws that you know of that are going into effect that impact the outdoors?
9: No, not right now, Phil. Um, you know, legislative session begins in just a few weeks here, uh, and so our legislators from across the state will be gathering again, and we'll see what we're presented with and what's being pushed this year in the weeks to come. I know sometimes on the show we'll talk about that and kind of see where things are headed. Um, a lot of uh, There's a lot of energy out there um, on different topics from deer hunting, dog hunting, to duck hunting, waterfowl pellets. There's there's never a lack of energy for wildlife when it comes to – it doesn't matter what you talk about. Like I said, <laughs> ducks, deer. There's always uh, uh, an opinion uh, by many good folks out there who have great opinions and great uh, reasons why they believe the way they do. So a lot of passion in the outdoors. Uh, certainly, you know, we just finished up our 2022 uh, deer season. Uh, we will have a youth Davis coming Saturday. Uh, the Youth Day, again, is uh, for anyone 17 and younger. They do not have to have tags um, on Youth Day at all or be licensed on Youth Day, um, and that is statewide. Uh, so that will be our last little hit at it there. Um, you know, it, it gets tougher, as we talk about, in the end of deer season. had a lot of people uh, personally with me that would try trying, you know, going deer hunting and deer. We went through that really cold snap right there at Christmas and then it got warm and deer just stopped moving in a lot of places. they just didn't come out as much. And um, uh, when it gets warm and hot, they don't typically move as much as when it's cold and they need to get that energy, uh, food, uh, to, you know, and it will be more active. But anyway, um, so deer season kind of ended a little bit slower uh, than some years in the past. Uh, but waterfowl season continues. I know that i uh, been seeing a lot of work, a lot of pictures, uh, for my good friend, Ed Paul with the South Carolina Wildlife Partnership, um, uh, where they're doing the, uh, working with DNR uh, and taking some of our folks that didn't get drawn in our duck hunts uh, this year. And they're actually entered into a pool of folks who get to go on some private land. Uh, so it's like public opportunity on private land. It's really a good, uh, good program. So a lot of really good waterfowl pictures um, with everything from canvas backs to wood ducks to, you know, mallards and gadwall all across the board, teal. Uh, but uh, a lot of ponds uh, in the Lake Marion area, I always focus on that. Uh, as always, doing well with ringnecks, uh, the divers there. Um, uh, that, that tends to be kind of the staple duck for a lot of these ponds. And, and then there have been some gadwall and a few widgeon here and there mm-hmm. uh, scattered amongst. Uh, you know, the coast is full of teal right now. A lot of blue-winged, green-winged teal. Uh, on the coast, the coastal hunts doing very well. Murphy Island really doing very well. Um, you know, Mala ducks are, are king down there, uh, as far as the premium. But you got really good flights of a uh, blue, uh, blue wings excuse me, uh, and green wings to fill the bag there. Uh, so plenty of ducks on the coast, and as far as that goes on our coastal apartments. Uh And we'll we'll talk more about that as we go through the year. I want to keep focusing on some of our waterfowl uh, management, as we had Molly before uh, talk about that, that because I think. There's a lot of interest from folks in that uh, and we want to kind of you know inform folks that may not know the amount of work that goes into our coastal impoundments but anyway so waterfowl season continues dove season does continue also uh, through the end of the month as as well as deer as, as duck season excuse me um, and you know this time of the year for dove hunts I had a really nice dove hunt with my, uh, my neighbor hmm. over the Christmas break um, very enjoyable and you know this time of year, you get some cold weather, and if you've got corn on the ground, or you've got the ability uh, that still standing corn, which is hard to have after the wind that we've experienced in the last few months, and particularly that cold snap came through with a lot of high wind. It's hard to keep corn standing, but bush hogging corn, uh, making it available for the birds, which is legal for doves, of course. You can manipulate dove fields uh, that uh, migratory birds come in, and typically they come in in big groups, twenty and thirty, and. They swoop in the field, and uh, we got to experience that uh, uh, over the break, and had a lot of fun. So dove season still in, waterfowl season still in. Of course, small game season—you um, know, squirrel, coon, uh, rabbit—are all in as well. You know, February is the month everybody really, I think, focuses on small game because everything else is out. Um, but um, so we got a, a variety of things for folks uh, to go out there after in the outdoors and enjoy. Of course, quail season is also in it, it is, is as well. Kind of hard to go see a wild quail uh, anymore hmm. unless you're um, lucky enough to visit areas where people are spending a lot of money uh, to focus on management, uh, land management for quail. Uh, and it, it's successful. It just takes a lot of effort. Not the old good old days by any means, but uh, there are some opportunities to see some quail and maybe M- or WMA properties. So um, there the opportunities are few, but they're out there. Uh, and you know, quail is a great table fare, And so, uh, I enjoy doing that as well. And, and look forward to a trip in the future to go at least to some of the, uh, plantations to do that, uh, where I have the opportunity sometimes and even if you've got to pay to go to Georgia to a nice quail hunt. It's really nice to watch dog work. Yeah. It's just hard to do that in the wild here.
1: <clears throat> Let me ask you about, we had that, that Arctic vortex dip into South Carolina. I mean, temperatures dove as you well know. What right around Christmas time, and and for a little while after, it. and then now, you know, it's it's gone back up, sixty, seventy. It's going to be this way for a little while longer. What does that do outdoors for uh, the animals, and in in terms of activities and whatever it might impact when the when the weather goes from one extreme to the other like that? What do you see outdoors?
9: Well, like we talk about deer, deer are typically are not going to have to move as much, you don't have to feed as much because it's not as cold. You don't have to create body warmth, so uh, you do see a slowdown with deer. Waterfowl season, typically we want to see lots of water. We've had some rain um, to fill up some of our beaver ponds or backwater areas, and that's necessary if you're trying to to chase wood ducks. In some of our backwater areas, you need water. And if we've had a drought, which we experienced a drought in years past, and you don't have water standing in the woods in places, you won't see the wood ducks. Um, And fortunately, we've had some good water. Good rain the last few weeks. We did get a lot of rain over for Christmas, and it's filling up some of our backwater areas and hopefully will provide more opportunity for wood ducks because wood ducks are one of our main um, waterfowl that people encounter throughout the state from the mountains to the sea. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't necessarily see a whole lot in the mountains, but they do have some wood ducks uh, up there at Beaver Pond. So um, that is one of the number one ducks taken in the state simply because they're a duck that we raise, and we've talked about that many times. You know, wood ducks are one of the few ducks that we raise here in this state. Um, they nest here. They breed here they nest here. They raise their young here, so it's something we can affect with wood duck boxes by creating more habitat, um, more nesting habitat. We, we uh, hope to see increased waterfowl um, from wood ducks, at least, and that's the good thing. But, you you know, when it gets hot, not only does the animals slow down, but people don't want to go out when it's hot. Mm-hmm.
7: Um,
9: going deer hunting at the end of the season and swatting mosquitoes, well, welcome to South Carolina. That's what we deal with. Um, and folks get frustrated with that sometimes. And But that is how it is. When it gets warm, again, uh, activity tends to slow down some. Not necessarily waterfowl. You know, ducks are going to move. Um, rainy days, typically ducks get up and move around a little bit more. Uh, cold days just feel right. But cold days don't necessarily mean that uh, waterfowl are not going to move if it's a warm day. Now, if we get really cold days and we get ice, then ducks do move. Ducks move and leave, and that's what we look for up above us when it ices up. In the states above us, ducks move on down a lot of times. But we're seeing a lot of differences in the in in the modern age of as we manage waterfowl. That ducks don't move like they used to. They stay in winter over winter. In places where it gets colder now, still because there's more food available there,
7: mm-hmm.
9: uh, because people are creating or flooding fields and things, and even when it's when it's ice, they still have food available, so they don't have to leave. Um, so that's the challenge. Is we talk about if we talk about waterfowl management more, um, that's just that age old argument. So, but moving forward, you know, as we if we look forward to the new year, uh, you know, the challenges that we face from a from a legislation standpoint and our wildlife management is just managing people. And it's funny to say that when you talk about um, deer hunting and things, but, you know, uh, we have a lot of people moving to the state. We talk about this all the time. uh, And people move here that aren't familiar with hunting. Uh, They don't understand why somebody's out on the road with a gun in their hand Mm -hmm. they drive by. (laughs) That scares them. They don't understand, you know, that's a tradition in this state. Um, It's currently still legal. Um, we have dog drives, and folks you know, do plenty of it. They do it plenty legal. Um, but there are folks that also do it wrong, and that, of course, you always say one apple spo- spoils a whole bunch, and, and that's the truth in life. Unfortunately, it just is. You know, and there's been some case law developing across the nation right now it's, that is bringing on some question in the dog hunting and, and, and the control of the dogs and things like that. And, and folks are getting up and getting very restless for that. Uh, but in this state, dog hunting's still legal. Nobody's trying to get rid of it. I don't want to start any rumors there at all either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we encourage folks, as we leave deer season, looking to the next season, to think about the areas you hunted this past year and make sure that you've got adequate land. Uh, that when you put dogs out uh, to run deer, that they're not running across someone else's property. That you're able to control those dogs, stop them, grab them, and keep them from running on someone's property who doesn't want them there um you know there's that age-old right to the quiet enjoyment of your property and that's being brought to bear a lot now in the modern age of people that want to buy property in the country they don't want to hear anything but the birds sing. Hmm. they certainly don't want a dog running in front of them Uh, not to mention the guy trying to hunt going get saturday off and he goes out there and dogs run across his property and he gets upset and those are the bat- battles of the wrong word, but those are the conflicts that our officers face day in and day out throughout deer season. And they're a challenge because we are for hunting. We absolutely believe that hunting is a wise use of our natural resources. It's a part of conservation. It's the only way we manage our deer herd. But the challenge as we move forward is to you know, support all methods of hunting as long as we're ethical. And we're smart in how we do it and people can enjoy it without harming others. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, every year we talk about accidents. People, we, you know, you've heard me talk about identifying your target, what's beyond it. Uh, and we have accidents that happen um, or incidents that occur that, that involve loss of life and, and they can be avoided is the, is the trouble with that. And those are things we look at again, as we move forward, you know, those are the questions that come out. What can we do better? Uh, what can we as a club, if you're, if you're hunting, what can you do as a club to make sure that you are doing the best you can hunting and keeping dogs in your property if you dog hunt? Um, and, you know, even that, even further still, deer hunters in general, sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we throw a bloody deer on the back of a truck and leave the tailgate down so everybody can see it. Not everybody wants to see that. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to see a deer hanging off with a tongue hanging out. Um, So, you know, simple things like closing the tailgate. And it's funny, but there are people that are in horror when they pull up behind a vehicle with blood running out the tailgate, and there's a deer laying there.
7: Mm
9: -hmm. We always encourage folks in in our hunter education class, and it's funny to talk about it now when deer season's over, but it's just one of the things as you look in a year and review, what can we do better? We can think about others that don't hunt and respect them. Continue hunting and absolutely support hunting. But what can you do to mitigate that and to think you know, close tailgate? If you've got a vehicle where you can't close tailgate and you've got a deer on the back of a of a carrier, Cover it with a tarp. Not only are you hiding it from people that don't may not want to see it, but you're also protecting your meat. From the dirt and grime of the road which is a good idea as well mm-hmm. so there are good reasons to cover that deer up if it's on a car carrier um if you can't close the tailgate up but those are just things that we've taught for for generations and we keep continuing try to teach is so that we can hunt in the future for generations to come because again as we've talked about many times in the show deer management one of the only things we have to manage the deer is our hunting season and holy cow! If we didn't have a hunting season, what would happen? if Deer running through the roads, and not only Phil but everybody else is dodging them. So um, I'm not dodging them; the I'm hitting as we them. We move forward. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. I don't, I don't dodge them. The damage well. to cars today, yeah, the, the damage that causes the cars today gets in the thousands quickly anymore. So that's just some of the things you think about as you move from this season and look forward to the next season.
1: Absolutely. So we got six or seven minutes left with you. Let's reflect on the holidays and things happening around the state. I do recall there was a hunting accident where somebody was accidentally shot and killed while hunting. I think they were not sure what they were hunting, but did you see the story in in one of the... And he was on property. He was in the proper place, um, but it was just an accidental shooting.
9: Yes. um, So... That goes to this point, Phil, is, you know, knowing your target and what's beyond it. Um, and what's beyond it sometimes is things you can't see. And those are terrible. Anytime there's a loss of life during a recreational activity like money, it's supposed to be fun. That's horrible. And nobody wishes that on any family. So our hearts go out to the families that have incurred this loss. But the thing we encourage people to remember in that is, we think about ballistics and how far this will go, this shot will go, or a rifle, or a buckshot. People go, well, buckshot's only affected 75 yards. That may be true. You and I might be able to stand out there in the field and face each other 100 yards apart and pull the trigger, and it might not hit us. But I have worked incidents where buckshot, from a double buckshot sale, has traveled 184 yards from the barrel it left, went through the outside wall of the trailer, went through the inside wall, went through the back of a mirror and landed on a dresser as a woman had walked away. Um, 184 yards. Does shot typically go that far? No, but under the right circumstances, sometimes it can. And so it's wise to think about always what's beyond your target. If I shoot and I miss the deer, what's beyond it? Could there be a person over there? Talked about that during dove season, you know, Late season dove hunting can be challenging because birds will come in low. Did that on me. Um, they come in, they're six feet off the ground. There's no time you should pull a trigger on that. Because if you're shooting level, what if somebody moves and you didn't see them and you're shooting toward them with shotgun shell? Well, you know, shot, bird shot, might sting you. Okay, yeah. It also might hit you in the eye and take your eye out. I hate to pull the old yeah. Christmas story, but there it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have gotten hurt. Simply because people leveled that gun, they should never have shot a low bird. We call it low birds in the field, and that's something that's just not worth shooting at. So things to think about, and, you know, as far as we, you know, boating season, we've talked about that. I know, you, you know folks have probably heard about, you know, uh, the drowning that occurred on Lake Murray, um, but um, and can't really talk about that as we're still in an active investigation there. But, you know, as it's cold weather and it's this time of year, always encourage folks if you're boating, this had nothing to do with this one, but just it makes me mention this. Mm-hmm. Uh, duck season typically cold. Make sure you're wearing enough clothing. Uh, layer up. Um, you know, if you can, don't wear your waders when you're boating. Wait till you get to where you're going to put the waders on. Um, you know, wear a flotation coat if you can find one. Those are great items for a gift, is that flotation jacket. So you don't have to worry about putting the life jacket on. The jacket is your life jacket. Um, Mustang makes one. uh, Stern used to make one of the great items there. But layer up, stay warm, stay dry. Um, Those are things, even in South Carolina, people can be exposed to cold weather and experience hypothermia. And we don't want anybody to experience that. Um, And if you fall in the water, and if your boat flips, if you're duck hunting, you hit a stump in the swamp, and the boat falls over, you're in the water. One of the things to remember is get out of the water as much as you can. Even when it's cold, it may feel cold. But there's a false sense of security of staying in the water, and the water will drain your body heat faster. Get on top of the boat, out of the water, get on top of a stump, grab onto a tree, a log, get out of the water, and remove as much of your body from touching that water as possible. Those are things that can mean the difference of you staying alive longer in cold weather when it comes to hypothermia. Hmm. So it's things that are counterintuitive. We think the water's warmer. We feel warmer in it. But that water zaps your energy quicker. So get as much of your body out of the water as possible. So that's one of those hints to think about as we close up uh, waterfowl season in the coming weeks.
3: Yeah, Major, just a couple more minutes with you. uh, And just to piggyback on what you're saying there to emphasize not to wear your waders, like you're saying, until you're actually where you want to be. A lot of people don't realize they can fill up with water. And if that fills up with water, it can cause you to drown. Very dangerous situation, depending on the type of boots you're wearing. Be very, very careful when wearing waders. Now, Major.
9: Quit. So, so how that happens? Let me explain that sure, because please. that's sort of a mistruth. Waiters today, neoprene waiters—they fill it with water. Once it equalizes, you will not sink. It's not going to take you to the bottom. However, it will hinder your movement, and that's the thing. Is try to remain calm. Get the water waiters. Uh, you can still kick and move, but they will not sink you to the bottom. But they will make it hard to swim sometimes, uh, uh, very often. So there's just things to think about. Go
3: ahead. Yeah, and especially <laughs> with the rising tide on the coastline. You're right. I appreciate you, you finishing that up. Um, uh, question for you. I have a buddy over in Newberry County, Newberry County. He's a cattle farmer and chicken farmer. Well, he has been having a bear of a time with coyote, uh, coyotes the last few months, and right now we're kind of towards the end of calving season for cows, and coyotes are very prone to attacking these cows during the whole birthing process, etc., Trying to help him figure out how to best tackle this situation. Your advice is it better to get some night vision or thermal type scopes and go hunt them, or maybe get a donkey or some kind of deterrent for coyotes? Or what would you advise to other people who may be facing similar issues this year?
9: You got about a minute. So, so coyotes are an ever-present problem. Yes, they do. They do. One of my best friends has cows. Well, they do come after young um, calves when they're born, particularly when they're wet. And they're vulnerable. Uh, So that's why coyotes are in season all year long. The night hunting registration program online is how you do that. The best way uh, to effectively do that is to try to hunt them. They are able to be hunted year-round. We can talk about that again. We talk about that every year, and we we will do that another show. Uh, But, you know, there are things uh, that uh, farmers use with buying donkeys. Donkeys are supposed to be mean and chase the the, uh, coyotes off. I don't know if that works or not, but I know a lot of people do it, buy gawkes for that. Uh, But the main thing would be coyotes are in season as far as they can be hunted year-round, and at night you just have to do their night hunting registration.
1: Major great stuff. We're off and running here in 2023. And I know we got a lot of great things in the works as far as what we're going to do and where we're going to do it. And we look forward to getting back with you in a couple of weeks and diving deeper into, uh, the subjects that are all out there in the great outdoors that people want to touch. And we appreciate you as always.
9: Thanks, sir. Look forward to next show.
1: Thank you very much. Major Billy Downer with us here. SC Wild from DNR. He's with us every two weeks, uh, here in, uh, well, throughout the year, every other week, every two weeks, everyone awarded. Uh, he's with us here on Sports Talk for SC Wild, brought to you by DNR. And there's not a a show that we don't have that I don't learn something. I have become so much more knowledgeable. Not that I could go out there and drop a line or aim a gun and do anything with it, but at least I've learned about it, you know, and I've learned about what not to do. Maybe that's the most important thing. I've learned about what not to do. His information there about the shotgun and how far the shot, this particular case, how far the shot actually traveled, that was an incredible piece of information. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate Chris being with us from up at Boone. Appreciate the phone calls tonight. Those were great. We'll re-rack it. Do it again tomorrow night at 6.05. We'll see you
7: then. Okay.